but, but uh, even better, even better, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, 22 year olds, 22 plus year olds, and climbing. Love you guys so much, man. It's not, I hated last week and not getting to see y'all. That was a bummer. Uh, you know, the snow days are fun, but I, I miss you guys so much. So glad to be back together. You guys are in for a treat tonight. We have a very special uh, guest speaker, uh, my favorite person in the entire whole wide world. Yeah. Your very own Jackie Drain. Yeah. 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 Shelby is going to be amazing, and she's going to turn it down. Look, I'm going to sit. Um, here, I'm going to tell you guys a fun fact, okay? That's probably the most bouncing around I've done in months, and now your girl is tired. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to sit. We'll, we'll, we'll share the word from a school. That'll be okay. I'll try not to talk with my hands because I saw that breakaway video. And that was humbling. I was doing like a, I don't know what that was, but it's in the breakaway video forever now. And ew. Um, so tonight, oddly enough, that's irrelevant, this, this silliness of the video and humbleness. Because tonight I get to teach on an area which I'm still learning, I'm still growing in. I, when I talk about that, talk about this, I have to tell you, I have not arrived. So as I'm speaking on this topic, please don't think I'm saying, I'm the foremost authority, I know everything about it, and I have fully made this a reality in my life. I haven't. I'm still on a journey. I'm still learning. Um, but I do feel like this is a vital topic, and it's something that's vital to being a follower of Jesus. So we've been talking about perspective, as you guys know, um, in the fall and now into the spring semester. And tonight, we're going to look at God's perspective on humility. Humility. Um, and so, interestingly, when we think about humility, I actually hear about people being humble somewhat often. Like, in our culture, in day-to-day speech, I feel like humble comes up, but it maybe doesn't mean what the Lord means in his word when we hear humble, or we hear the word humility. Um, and we don't really live in a culture that encourages us to be humble, do we? Right? Like, take for example, I'm going to pick on myself instead of picking on you guys, right? But take for example, social media. you got your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter. I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm not posting my unedited thoughts. I'm not posting a picture when I roll out of bed. Right? Like, I'm sharing the wins, the highs, the cool things. Um, and, like, most of that is, is fine, but I'm posting the best. I'm sharing my smartest thoughts. And you guys that know me know that that was, like, my smart thought for the day or the week or maybe the month. Um, you know, like, I'm sharing the highlights. And while that's not really wrong, it doesn't foster humility. Instead, it encourages us to seem all together and to only show the very best of ourselves. And I really think that's a lot of our culture, is it encourages us to pretend we're all together and only show the best of ourselves. 
You know, we have mastered the humble brag. You guys know this? Where somebody's like, oh, I'm only a black belt. You know, I don't have the extra stripes or whatever those are. If you guys are into martial arts, that's cool. I don't know that. I don't know much about it. But, you know, like, you know the humble brag. Where somebody pretends they're being modest, but really they're telling you how they're super cool. Right? And that's obviously not really humility. And then we even have, like, the good things. Like college. And you guys know, if you made all A's or all A's and B's for the semester and you're on the dean's list, like, you want to share that with people. Right? Or, like, what about if you're the first generation in your family to graduate from college? Like, that's cool. You want to brag about it. And there's not really anything wrong with that. But those are the things we champion, and we don't equally champion being humble. Um, and so, like I said, I'm not by any means an expert on humility. Um, but the Lord has been so gracious in my life that he's put me in many, many wonderful circumstances where I could learn humility. Sometimes that's just falling down a flight of stairs and laughing at myself. Because um, I can be clumsy. I can be real clumsy. You know, sometimes it's going through a season like I've recently gone through of like just sickness and having a bunch of surgeries and I like to run and I had to sit on my butt for a couple of months and I was bored and I was like stressed and I was like, Lord, I don't even know what to do with my stress because like the thing you taught me to do with my stress is run and now I can't, you know, and like sometimes we have to slow down and that can be humbling. And I think the, the foremost thing the Lord really used over the past few years to humble me I would say it's working with college students, but I work with you guys for a while. You do keep me humble. You do. Good job. You should keep doing it. Um, but I coach. I coach track and field. I coach cross country. And there's this dynamic with coaching where it's like, I love to run. I'm pretty okay at running, but I'm not like a fast kid. And I have got to inspire these athletes that are so much better than I ever was or will be to do a workout that I probably couldn't finish, right? And like, that is so humbling to me, that it's like, I'm gonna inspire you to do something that I know if I step on that track next to you, I cannot keep up, I cannot do as many reps, like I can't do it, but I'm gonna tell you to, because I'm gonna admit that I don't have enough, but I see it in you and you can. And like something about accepting just my limitations and then like being willing to like help others go even further than I'll ever go. Like it's been so humbling, but also like really, really cool and taught me to grow and like brought me a lot of joy out of admitting like I can't do this, but like I can like help these kids and see them achieve their dreams and like it's cool, y'all. Like it's cool. And like they're gonna like one of them he's gonna go run in college and like I'm so proud of him. And, like, I didn't do that. He did that. <laughs> he worked really hard. And, and, like, yeah, we got to be a part of the journey. But, like, he did that. But it's really cool. So I think that's, like, one of the things that the Lord has really been using. Because, man, they'll go out there and work at this Cape Connor and my son. They'll go out there and work. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I could do this workout slowly. Right? But they, they'll be out there doing it. Um, so what is Humility. Like always, we're going to look at the Bible, and that's going to teach us to define this word correctly from God's perspective. And so we're going to look at a passage that is just a really great one when it comes to this topic. It's in Philippians 2. Um, 
So in Philippians 2, verse 1, it says this, and this is Paul talking. He says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others, too. So obviously, just in these first four verses, Scripture is telling us to be humble, right? It's telling us we're supposed to be humble. Then it goes on to give us an example, and this is the best example, right? So in verse 5, it says this. You must have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above every other name. So it shall be saying, the name above all other names. Though the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you guys, if you get anything from this passage, get this. Jesus was humble. Jesus was humble. It may be, if you were to go and read the Gospels slowly and then read the letters from Paul and Peter, it may be the single most defining characteristic of Jesus that there is. It's not the one that we often teach on. It's not the one that we often sing about, right? Like, didn't really mention it in those songs. But it might be like the single most defining characteristic of Jesus Christ is that he was humble. So he was humble, as this passage says, when he left heaven. I don't know about you guys, if I was in heaven... I don't know that I would want to come to dirty, stinky, smelly earth and dwell among people who like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a hot mess, right? And if I was perfect God in perfect heaven, I would probably not want to be like, I want to go to that hot mess and deal with those people like Jackie, because I said I'm picking on me, right? So he was humble. He left heaven. He was humble in his birth. Like, Jesus was essentially born in a barn, and I think this hit, hit home for me. I'll explain it a little bit. When we had, our kids were really small, they were little, and I was reading the Christmas story to my son, Thomas. He was on my lap. He was about three years old, and we're just, like, reading this kid's book, right? And it's a picture of super cute, Fisher-Price-looking little people, and the baby is in the manger in the stable, and he goes, it's not right. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, because toddlers have, like, great thoughts. You always, if you're around a toddler, like, ask where that train is going, because it's going to be good. It's not right. And I was like, no, I read the right words. And he's like, no, it's not right. And I was like, okay, what's, what's not right? And he goes, the baby's in a barn. And I was like, he is. And he's like, babies don't go in barns. <laughs> and, like, it was so obvious to his little three-year-old brain that, like, this is not where a baby belongs. Yet, like, God in human flesh 
left heaven and came and he was born in a barn? That's where he spent his first days. Like, y'all, that's humble. He was humble in how he lived. He was the son of a carpenter. Like, he worked with his hands. He was humble in his ministry. At one point, he said, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head, which means I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. Okay? He was ultimately humble in his death. He was lied about and beaten, and then he died a criminal's death on the cross, which he did not deserve. And when he rose again, he appeared to his disciples. In one account in the Gospels, it's John, if you want to read it later, tells us that he was making them a fish breakfast on the shore while they were fishing. And that's when, like when he returned, he goes to where the disciples are, right, after he raises from the dead, and he makes them breakfast. He's not like, look at me. He makes them breakfast. Like, you guys, Jesus was humble. He was humble. And we know that as believers, we're supposed to be imitators of Christ. So if we're supposed to be like Jesus, and Jesus is humble, we're supposed to be humble. Y'all don't even want to say it. We don't like it. Humble. Yes, we're supposed to be humble. So how do we do that? Like, practically, how do we do that? Um, as I was praying and thinking about this message, here are the keys become humble, right? Because it's not one of those things that anything inside of me wants to do. It's not like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm like, my goal today is to be humble. That's going to feel great. No, like that, there's something in us that fights this. So how do we do it? First, we need to accept ourselves as we really are. And we're going to go to like the basic, basic gospel verses like Roman Road, right? Romans 3.23 says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So according to the Bible, each and every one of us are sinners. That means we've all done wrong. We've all messed up. We are all a mess. And that means that we fall short of God's glory and we aren't perfect. We don't deserve heaven and all the good things that God can give us. And without Jesus' saving work, we would, in fact, deserve hell and eternal torment and separation from God. That's harsh, but it's biblical. That's what the Bible says. We're not perfect, we're not together, and God owes us nothing. According to the Bible, that's our position. And, like, to become humble, we have to, like, actually realize that and accept that. That's who I am. I don't know about you guys, but that's who I am. I'm not together. I've messed up. I'm definitely not perfect. And I'm such a sinner in need of God's grace. So we realize who we are and see ourselves as we really are. And then second, it doesn't stay bad news. This is, this is the cool part. We move on to Romans 5, 8, and we realize that we are entirely dependent on God. So it means I'm a mess, and I can't become not a mess in my own strength. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. So he didn't wait, and he wasn't like, Jackie, when you get up and you stop sinning, and you like put on some real pants, and you start going to church, then I'll save you. Right? No. It's like, while we are a mess, Christ died for us. This means that if we choose to trust Jesus, our Lord and Savior, he will treat us not as we deserve, but set us free from sin and death based on, get this, what he has done. What he has done. We don't have to do it because he's done it for us. 
Jesus humbled himself and died in our place so we could be free from what we deserve, which is hell, and we could receive what we don't deserve, which is heaven and his presence and a relationship with him. Put another way, and this is really what the Lord has been speaking to me as I prepared for this, because like I said, I'm learning this too, right? Put another way. The only one who has ever, in the course of history, had it all together, went out of his way for the rest of us who are all a mess, and did what was needed to make us right. Okay? Like, there's one man in history who has had it together. And not any of us. It was Jesus. But he went out of his way to make us right. He took our place. He humbled himself. And he calls us to follow him, to be like him and act like him. And that means to be humble. So there's a... um, writer who actually wrote a book on humility. His name is Andrew Murray. It's fantastic. It's not even that long. Like, you could read it this weekend. But he says this. He says, Humility, the place of entire dependence on God, is from the very nature of things, the first duty and the highest virtue of the creature and the root of every virtue. So he's saying that, like, our first job as, as humans in like the root of every virtue, every good thing we could do is to humbly realize that we're entirely dependent on God yeah. and not ourselves. That's good. That's good. And then he goes on after he states this and he says this. He says, and so pride, the opposite of humility, Pride, or the loss of humility, is the root of every sin and evil. It's the root of every sin and evil. So the third thing we need to do to start to become humble is we need to forsake pride in our day-to-day lives. Um, And a good way to think about this is the way up is down. And so in that quote, he says pride, or the loss of humility. So any moment we've stepped away from being humble, we are walking towards pride, right? Anytime we turn away from pride, we are walking towards humility. So we, pride or the loss of humility is the root of every sin and evil. This is really important for us to understand. So if you're struggling with sin, if you look and you really look closely, at some point you will find pride at the root of it. At some point you will find some sort of pride that is like taken root in you and it's like it grows its way out in, into sin and death and all the icky things in our lives. Um, So pride is like a really big deal, right? And it's hard because, you guys, I don't know, I'm really good at being proud. Really good at being proud. But the second that like I start to think like, wow, I'm great, I merit anything. I take my eyes off of Jesus, I take my eyes off the fact that like he's together, I'm not, and it all turns into a mess. Every time. And that's what the Bible says is true for all of us. So how do we overcome pride? Because we want to fight to overcome it at all costs. And I really think this is like a lifelong battle for us. It's not one of those things that we're going to like pray once on the altar, never deal with pride again. Y'all, I really believe that the enemy of our souls is going to like every day, sometimes for me, every minute, like put pride there and be like, don't you want it? Don't you want it? And we're just going to, from now until we see Jesus face to face in eternity, we're going to be fighting that sucker. But once we see him face to face, we don't have to fuss with that anymore, right? So how do we deal with pride? How do we overcome it? 
Like we talked about already, we need to realize we're sinners in need of a Savior, and we humble ourselves by trusting Jesus to make us right with God. Because we can never, ever be good enough to make ourselves right with God. When we live with that in view, we've already started to defeat pride in our lives. When we live with that in view, that you're like, I can't be good enough. I'm dependent on Jesus. Um, That's like the first thing, right? The second thing is this. Take the lower place. Take the lower place. Um, There's a parable. Well, no, it's not a parable. My bad. I said the wrong word. Jesus is teaching in Luke 14. And he says this in verse 7. When Jesus, Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. So not a parable. He's giving advice. And imagine like being at the dinner and Jesus telling you this. I don't know. My toes will be squished. He says, when you're invited to a wedding feast, feast, oh my gosh, sorry. When you're invited to a wedding feast, food, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friends, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what's going on here is Jesus is at a dinner, and you guys, I'm like picturing a, like a church dinner. I'm not actually picturing something in the world, because like, if you've been in church, you've seen this happen, right? You've seen this happen. And, and he's at this dinner with these people, and they're all trying to get the best seat. They're all like, I want to sit here because that's where the important people sit. And everybody's trying to, like, crowd up there. And Jesus is like, cut it out. Like, go to the not great seat. And then, like, if that's the seat you get, that's the seat you get. You still are at the feast. That's pretty cool. But it could be that, like, because you took the lower seat, somebody realizes, like, hey, where's Natalie? Right? Hey, where's Jada? Where they, you know, and like brings you up to the better, to the better place. And he's not saying to take the lower seat so that you get invited to the better, because that's really what we're good at with this humility thing. You're like, I'll be humble, and then you're like, I'm being humble, Jesus. So I need you to see me and like do the good thing. That's that's not what he means. But sometimes the people see. All the time, God sees when we take the lower place. So he's telling them to take the little place and not try and jockey for position, but just to like be there and trust that God sees them and he'll, he'll honor that. Whether he honors that then in this life or he honors that in the future, like in the heavenly kingdom, right? We don't know, but we can obey him and we can take the lower, the lower place. So this is radical, a little bit radical, right? It goes against our nature. Like, if, if you're at a concert and, like, there's seats all the way at the front, you guys hear me? I'm going to make this relate to you. Have you ever been at a concert and there's seats? And you got the cheap ones. I get the cheap ones. I don't like to pay for those expensive tickets, right? Like, me and Shelby went to see Dracula Ballet, and we were, like, way back there. It was still really cool, but we were way back there. But there's some empty seats up at front. And have you not ever been tempted... They're not here. I'll go sit there. 
Let me tell you, sometimes you do that, and then the person who works the seat has to kick you out of the rich person's seat because they were late. Because they, you know, were waiting for the valet to come park their car. And you gotta go back to your bad seats if you're lucky or they just ask you to leave. And like, we do this, right? We do this. We want the better seat. But then every once in a while, you, you take the lower seat and somebody's like, hey, these are empty. Would you like to come up? Yes, absolutely. Right? But like, we, we do that. It's human nature. We're like, I want the better seat. Um, and it goes against how most, most of us act, right? Even most Christians act. But this is how Jesus is telling us to act. He's telling us that he will see when we're humble. He will see when we choose to take the lower place. Or we choose to just let something go, right? Or we choose to just not press our rights in certain situations. Because sometimes it's like somebody treats you bad and I'm like, man, like I'm the coach of this team. I'm the director of this ministry. You know what, Jesus, if we just let it go, Jesus is like, thanks, I saw that, right? We don't have to always like press who we are and like push for the position, right? So, overcoming pride. We realize that we're sinners in need of a savior. We take the lower place. And this is the third thing. We serve others. We serve others. There is nothing that kills pride so quickly in your life than if you just like go do something to really serve somebody else. And Jesus lives out this example for us. He serves the disciples by washing their feet. And in John 13... 14 through 17, he says, If then your Lord and if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do just as I've done. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So Jesus washed the disciples' feet as if he couldn't get more humble. In the Gospels, he washes their dirty, nasty, grimy feet. You guys, they walked everywhere in Jesus' time in sandals. So these are like <laughs> dirty, dirty feet. And Jesus encourages us to follow this example. And it's not just about feet. Some of y'all are really you're like, praise the Lord, because I don't need feet. It's not just about feet, but it's about serving others in a way that they need to be served. In this situation, they had come in to dinner. There was supposed to be somebody that, had, that would have done this. Nobody did. And Jesus sees the need, and he goes and he humbles himself, and he serves them. So this is really about serving people in the way they need to be served. It's putting aside our own desires and preferences and being willing to deal with the worst of someone else, their stinky feet, to serve them. And, like, I'm going to brag for just a second. These two aren't here, so I'm going to brag on them a lot. And you can just be like, Jackie talks about you. Right? Um, but I had the privilege to lead the spring break trip last year with Natalie. And we took with us Amelia and Jariah to Atlanta to work with Pure Hope Church. And you guys, I've never led a team where there was no complaining, no fussing. And like, we worked. We picked up nasty trash in a neighborhood that is that is not nice. And we went door to door and got like screamed at. And like some people invited us into their apartments because we were just going door to door and doing evangelism, sharing 
um, and asking to pray for people, and they invite us in, and you guys sometimes, it's like, it's not a good situation. Like, it's dirty, sometimes there's a smell, right? Like, hard situations that we were in to serve, and like, Jariah and Amelia are just like, how are you today? And just love these people. I've never, ever been so proud of two students that I took on a trip in my life. But I have to say this, Jariah and Amelia were humble. We slept on the floor in air mattresses. The place that we were supposed to go shower at the end of the day after picking up the trash and playing with the kids that were dirty and being in the homes that were not well kept. The showers were broken and we could not shower. And like, I have to confess, the person that was really most upset about this was not Jariah, it was not Amelia. It wasn't Natalie. <laughs> I was having like a panic attack. I'm like, yo, I picked up syringes in the projects and I can't go like bathe. <laughs> and they're like, no, here's a sink. And I was like, <laughs> no. Um, and they like they prayed for me, but like all they were humble and they were like the example of what Jesus would have us be. And now you are all feeling called to go to Atlanta and talk to Natalie. Um, if the Lord is speaking to you, you need to be more humble. We have got an opportunity for you. And you think I'm kidding, but really, no, it's good to go serve people. It's good to, good to go serve people. But I really, I was so impressed with their hearts to just love and serve. And like, not judge and not complain. They were just like, every time they asked us to do one more thing that I was like, oh no, this is going to be it. Like, they're going to be like, I'm out. I don't want to do this. Please don't let me do this, Jackie. Because they never tell, like, the church pastor, like, they come to you and make you be the bad guy, right? Every time, it was one more thing, and I thought, they're going to tell them, tell me they don't want to do it. I would look at them, and, like, literally one time, we were about to go pick up the trash, and we, we went around the building, and there was just a ton of trash. And uh, Pastor Tim's like, can you get behind that fence? And she looks at me, and she's like, this is why we came. And she just takes off. And I was like, praise the Lord, this is why we came. Into the trash we went. Um, right? But it's like she just had the most beautiful heart. They both had the most beautiful heart. And I was really impressed by that. Lord, make me more like Amelia and Jariah. Um, so Matthew 20, 26 and 27, Jesus says, Whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be your slave. So Jesus tells us, the way up is down, in a sense. And this is really freeing. Because God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He knows we're not, and he loves us anyway. And that humility, that admitting that we are a mess and need help, gives us such freedom, because we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it all together, because the only one who ever had it all together already loves us, and he does the humble work of making us right. All he asks in return is that we follow him in humility. And humility and trying to grow in humility also makes it super free when we have one of those moments where we make a fool out of ourselves. Because we can laugh and we can realize that God is giving us opportunity to grow deeper in this humility. And that we can carry on. Because the only one whose opinion really matters already knows us. And when we mess up or we embarrass ourselves, it doesn't change his mind about us. And there's something that is just really sweet and really beautiful about that. Um, so we're going to take some time to pray. And uh, here's kind of the three things that we're going to pray about. 
The first one is like, maybe you need to accept yourself as you really are. Maybe you're just now realizing that you're a sinner and you're in need of God's grace. And you need to ask Jesus to be your Savior and to make you right with God. And if that's you tonight, I encourage you, as we have prayer time, to come. That's the most important decision you can ever make. So I encourage you to come and do that. Uh, The second thing is maybe you know Jesus, but you're still trying to rely on your own strength to have it all together. Y'all, we don't have to. And so if that's you, I just encourage you, you can can pray with one of the staff, or you can just sit. We're going to do another song and and just kind of like sit with the Lord in that and ask him to, to move in that part of your heart. If you are feeling that pressure to be perfect or successful or important, I notice, ask Jesus to help you let go of that and trust him enough to follow him into humility. And the third one is pride. Just maybe, as we're talking about this, you realize there's places in your life where pride is winning, and you need to begin the process of forsaking that pride tonight. Um, so I just, I'm going to pray, and then if uh, Matt and Natalie Kimber, if you guys would come, um, we're going to sing a song, and like, if you want prayer, you can come. The song kind of, it's, it's called, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you guys a little bit with something. Deep down in my soul, I'm a really old person, and I like, like, old style songs. This is a hymn, but it is so beautiful, and the words are really rich. So if, like, none of these resonate with you, you can sit in your seat, and you can listen to the song, and, like, ask the Lord to speak to you through that. Um, we're also just kind of providing music so that you have time to, like, sit and marinate with Jesus over his word, right? So God, we just ask you, tonight would you have your way? God, would you lead us in the way of humility? God, would you help us to know you as Lord and Savior? God, would you help us to be free of relying on our own strength and needing to have it all together? And God, would you set us free from pride? And God, we love you. We just invite you to move in this time as we worship you. In Jesus' name.